With SDPB News, I'm Megan Fury. House lawmakers are advancing a proposal that requires the state to fund nursing homes at 100 percent. The move comes after nearly a dozen closed in the state in the last year. As SDPB's Lee Strubinger reports, don't expect the proposal to make it to the governor's desk. A recent report by the Department of Human Services says South Dakota nursing homes are reimbursed at a rate of 75 percent. Nursing home advocates say recent closures are due to the low reimbursement rate. They're also seeing increased costs because of the pandemic and are understaffed. Representative Chris Carr wants the state to fund nursing homes at 100%. He says over the years, the state has starved Medicaid providers. I have always said we need to take care of our obligations. That's the one thing we absolutely should be doing every year. Instead of growing, that's why I vote against a lot of new programs or starting programs or expanding programs, we need to take care of the obligations we already have. And if we, we haven't been doing that. House lawmakers agreed. Some say there's nothing to prevent the state from funding nursing homes at 100% currently, and they anticipate being able to meet that this year. However, Senate leaders are unsure the bill is the best way to address the issue. Majority Leader Casey Crabtree says the idea will be debated heavily during the rest of session. The model itself um, has to change. It's not going to work for us going forward. We're not going to be able to afford it the way it is today. Um, and that's okay. It's all right for innovation. We're going we're gonna to be alongside of that and help, uh, and help that happen. And really what we're seeing is an industry that knows they need to change and are working on that too. Crabtree and other Senate leaders say there's a big desire to study the nursing home funding formula during the summer. I'm SDPB's Lee Strubinger in Pierre. The debate on tax cuts is now in the hands of the state Senate. Wednesday, House lawmakers passed an overall sales tax reduction. As SDPB's Lee Strubinger reports, what cut ultimately passes could look a lot different. House lawmakers passed a bill to reduce the overall state sales tax rate from 4.5% to 4.2%. That would result in a $104 million reduction in revenue for the state. Some lawmakers and the governor still anticipate hundreds of millions in permanent ongoing revenue growth. Senate leaders maintain the public will see a tax cut. State Senator Lee Schoenbeck says he's been the most skeptical about whether a tax cut is possible. However, the president pro tem says he's convinced some version of a tax cut can be made. What that is, Schoenbeck did not say. There has to be the ability to be sure that year in and year out we can pay our bills. I think that's the fiscal responsibility issue. That no, None of us want to be in a position where we, we can't meet our bills every year. And so sustainability of whatever tax cut we do and the ability to make sure that it can adjust to whatever economic realities we face in the future, in my opinion, is the responsible and conservative way to approach that. Senate Majority Leader Casey Crabtree says the Senate will work closely with the House on whatever tax cut proposal gets worked out. We're going to get a tax cut. We just don't know which one and how much, but we do know that it's going to be significant. And you got to keep in mind, we've already cut $18 million worth of taxes this year. That's pretty phenomenal. I think that's the second highest since uh, the Janklow, uh, which cuts, which were the record high. So we're in, a, we're in a great position. The leader of Senate Democrats says he still supports cutting the state sales tax on food. That proposal died earlier this week and is unlikely to get revived. Lawmakers will spend the next two weeks debating what tax cut they hope to deliver during the remaining weeks of session. They'll do that while also piecing together the final parts of the state budget. I'm SDP Beasley Strubinger in Pierre. 
Democratic and Republican leaders are speaking on what they say is a lack of action taken by the governor's office this legislative session. Senator Reynold Nessaba is the Democratic minority leader. He says many bills were affected by Governor Kristi Noem's absence from legislative session. We really had a lost opportunity here that the governor has been missing for the last six weeks where she could have been reaching out to her colleagues in the House and in the Senate, particularly reaching out to House appropriators, making it clear that this was a, a priority, uh, working with Democrats to talk about a compromise to take two cents off, and she wasn't here. And so, I, again, the main reason that the sales tax on food uh, cut failed is because Governor Nome wasn't here to, to lead it. Leaders from both parties spoke to the effects of the governor's absence from legislative session. Representative Will Mortensen is the Republican majority leader. He says legislators on both sides respect the governor, but important work can't be done without the governor's involvement. You know, on our side, I didn't hear one of my members say, we're going to go look at this proposal and it's the governor's and that's why we're going to treat it different. It's just not the case. It's just not the case. I mean, there's a lot of admiration for the governor that comes from our caucus, and I said it on the last bill, but we have the same goals. We're just kind of tussling over the mechanics. The governor's office did not respond to a request for comment. SDPB's legislative coverage is supported by the Friends of SDPB with corporate support from the South Dakota Bar Foundation and SDN Communications. A bill designed to add a state constitutional amendment legalizing electronic gambling fails to pass the House. The bill would have created a ballot measure allowing South Dakota voters to decide in the next general election. Supporters say the current law is creating space for black market gamblers. The bill allows for use of mobile gambling apps controlled by in-state casinos. According to the bill, revenue generated by electronic gambling is meant to help preserve the touristic city of Deadwood. Representative Greg Jamison is a prime sponsor of the bill. He says that the state needs to take action to secure money lost to bordering states. What's happening in effect is that all these revenues are bypassing the state of South Dakota. And this question I think is intended to bring those individuals back into compliance, uh, let them enjoy the, the gaming that they would like, and the revenues help go to the city of Deadwood. Representative John Mills spoke in opposition to the bill. He says the state already has a major gambling addiction issue citing a recent report by WalletHub.com. Second most gambling addicted state in the United States today without this bill. If you read the study, it says about between 1 to 3 percent of U.S. adults have gambling disorder. And since we're number two now, you can bet we're on the high end of that scale. That means we've got probably 15, 20,000 adults in South Dakota who struggle with gambling addiction. The bill failed in a 41 to 28 vote. If you think this week's weather made your commute tough, imagine navigating the storm from behind the wheel of a fully loaded 18-wheeler. Just how significant is the closure of an interstate to the shipping industry? SDPB's CJ Keene checks in. For those whose careers rely on the roads, multiple significant winter storms this season have made their jobs that much harder to do. 
It's one of the reasons why Craig Smith, director of operations for the South Dakota Department of Transportation, says the closure of I-90 isn't a decision to be taken lightly. I-90 is a critical corridor, not only for just travelers, but freight haulers. Um, it definitely has an impact. And when we do close it, it certainly uh, stacks up traffic in the, the truck stops and other locations. So recognize it's a major impact that we, we don't close it unless there are significant safety concerns on the highway, like the visibility and the drifting that we had this week. Those conditions resulted in closures on both I-90 and I-29. Christine Erickson is the president of the South Dakota Trucking Association. She says this winter, members have clocked long, often unpaid waits in their trucks. We've seen a lot of road closures, which then halts the transportation of our goods across the state, as well as a lot of our truckers are sitting idle in different gas station areas. And, you know, that time for them to be on the road is time that they're wanting to move the products. Erickson says patients on the receiving end doesn't go unnoticed on the delivery end. Over the last couple of years, people have grown to be maybe a little bit more patient with supply chain disruption. Now with the weather delaying some of those things, people have been pretty forgiving through that. But we want to make sure that we can get those products moving right away when we can. The truckers want to be on the road. Erickson also reminds drivers to share the road with large trucks, especially when driving in challenging conditions. I'm SDPB's CJ Keen. The Federal Trade Commission received more than 3,200 fraud reports from consumers in South Dakota in 2022. That's according to newly released data. South Dakota consumers reported losing more than $10.5 million to fraud. The FTC's Consumer Sentinel Network is a database that receives reports directly from consumers, as well as from federal, state, and local law enforcement agencies and other organizations. Across all types of reports, the FTC received nearly 5,500 reports from South Dakota consumers. The top category of reports received was imposter scams. That was followed by identity theft, online shopping and negative reviews, banks and lenders, and prizes, sweepstakes, and lotteries. March 1st marks the 20th anniversary of the Rapid City Fire Department taking on ambulance transport services. Now, two decades later, EMS is still an integral part of the department, consisting of nearly 75% of the overall call volume. In honor of the anniversary, crews will wear special duty shirts throughout the month of March that read 20 years of dedication. In 2003, the department started with six ambulances. Now in 2023, the fleet has increased to 14. Governor Kristi Noem is now accepting applications for the Governor's Office Summer 2023 Internship Program. Student interns will work with staff on various projects based on interests and strengths. Additional duties include aiding the Governor's General Counsel, Constituent Services Team, and Communications Team. Interns will help conduct policy research, prepare policy briefings, and staff events. The deadline to submit applications is Friday, April 7th. With SDPB News, I'm Megan Fury. And that is your daily news update. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SDPB News and visit sdpb.org news to stay up to date on our journalism as it comes in. And as always, thank you for listening.